0: Yes. A little diplo there. Get it right. It reminds me of get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. Get it. Who who was that? That's, hold on a second here. Dude with uh Timbaland. Bubba Sparks. Hold on. Bubba Sparks. Get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. Get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. Get, get it right. Of course. I go from this awesome Diplo track to Miss Miss New Booty. Either way, get it right. Get it right. Get it tight. Get it right. Get it right. What does that mean? Well, get it right to me means putting an MF and plan together, man. Like, that's how you get it right. Or that's at least that's how you start it. That's how you start this business. That's how you start this thing you're going to do is by getting something put together that holds you accountable for what you're trying to accomplish. So get it right, get it right, get it tight. And I've talked in the past about this framework that I look at every opportunity. I don't care what it is. It's called the volume framework. And V, we've talked about vision. We're going to focus on the O for volume, which is optimization. And when you're optimizing something, you're looking at What is happening right now? And you're finding ways that you can get it better, more efficient. You're looking at getting an idea into something tangible, like a business plan. And I know people hear business planning like, oh, no, I'm not going to spend all that time. I hate writing. I hate Word. I hate Microsoft Word or Google Sheets or whatever. I don't think you need to do a 600-page prospectus. I don't think you need to spend all your time putting every detail into a business plan, but what you do need to do is kind of a one-sheet mentality. It's taking all of the crazy thoughts in your head and getting it into some tangible format that you can look at, you could even talk to people about, and you could say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. It forces you to think about five or six key areas of your business and what that might look like as you start to build out those capabilities. So what I want to do today is just kind of talk through what those high-level bullet points are um, for any business plan. And certainly, as you start to expand that out, if you're going to be looking at signing a lease or a loan or you know, investors or whatever that may look like, yeah, you're going to need a little bit more than a one sheet. They're going to want to see a little bit more foresight and thought put into it. But like anything, I think starting simple, simple scales, complex fails. Can't remember who said that, but that one stuck with me. And it is so key to get something out of your head. I think the world is full of people that like to talk about their ideas and what they're going to do next, and all these crazy thoughts. And that's exciting. And there's certainly some amazing conversations that have come out of that. But I'd like to see the people that have this amazing idea and say, hey, that's super cool. Have you ever tried to put it into like some kind of format that actually shows how this is going to work? Who your customers are? What what it is you're selling? what What makes you unique? What makes people want to buy this versus not doing it? That's what we're going to go through here today. So, Jeff's one-page business plan needs these things. Number 1. I think if you can't tell the story of your business in sort of this 30-second elevator pitch, then you're already off to not a great start. Be able to put that fancy terms executive summary together, but that 30-second pitch that says, "Hey, I'm looking at starting this business, we do these three things and we're going to focus on the greater Minneapolis area or wherever, wherever you are, you know, and, and this is, this is basically what that business is going to be and what that's going to encompass. If you can do that and get that into that couple of sentences that really says, Hey, here's, here's what we are. Here's what I'm thinking we're going to do. Then we start to break down these finer grain details. So number one is You know, what, what's your role going to be? And then what's the staff going to look like? You know, are you going to be hiring people? Are you going to be subcontracting people? Are you providing a service that people are going to rent from you or, or, you know, what does that look like? Who are the people that are on your team? Who are the people that are part of your company? Define that, define what your role is going to be. And Again, a lot of initial side hustles or startup businesses, it's you. It's one person, you're going to be sales, you're going to be marketing, you're going to be fulfillment, you're going to be customer service, you're going to be all of those things boiled into one single person, and you're going to wear all those hats, and you're going to learn so damn much, and it's going to seem overwhelming, but the brain that you have before going through that exercise versus the brain you have after doing it for a period of time, you're going to transform who you are, or at least, I'll tell you this from my experience. There isn't much that I get concerned about anymore, that I can't find a way through. And having been a part of lots of different things going on in the music industry, lots of things in in owning and starting other companies and personnel and all this, I feel like I've seen a lot. You know, I won't say I've seen it all, but I've seen a lot. And so no matter how tough the issue seems to be, because I have worn all these hats in the past, it it allows you to have a much more positive outlook, I think, long-term, because you know that you can get through just about anything. So define what those roles and responsibilities are. Some people might start where all they have is the idea and everything is outsourced. Like You know you need to get people to do these four or five functions for the business because maybe you're not great at all of them, or you just know that that's going to be required to have success put that definition together on your owner, staff, team um, kind of header on your one sheet. The second one of course is your products and services. What the hell are you selling? What are you selling? What's it going to cost? What are the, what's the what's the pricing model? Um, you know, what products are you going to use or what products are you going to focus on? Uh, if you're a services business, again, what what is the value that you're looking to deliver to the market or to that customer or client? You got to think about those things now. Uh, A lot of times you might say, I've got a great idea. But until you actually have to put together what your products and services are going to cost or what it's going to look like, you haven't done any market research. You probably don't know if anyone else is doing it. If they are, what kind of price points are they at? What... Will your area or your demographic even support for those kinds of things? So all those go into consideration as far as your products and services. You don't have to get super deep in this the first time through. Just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is kind of what I think it's going to cost. But realize that over time, that's going to be an important uh, part of your business plan is what your actual offering is. Beyond that, then the next bullet item is what I'd say is your uniques, your three uniques or your five uniques, like what makes you special? What makes your business special? Is it going to be the level of client experience that you provide? If you have a salon, which I've been in the salon business for a long time with my wife, we look at each salon and we try to look at what that customer experience needs to be that nobody has ever had before. You know, right now we're hyper-focused on what a luxury salon experience would feel like. Well, what are the things that you would go and go, wow, that was effing awesome. Like that was, man, I can't wait to go back again. They gave me a glass of champagne. They had all these cool different drink options beyond champagne. They had um, these awesome snacks or, you know, whatever it is. They the The way the salon looks, all those things could be one of your unique qualifiers. If I'm looking at the band, you know, one thing that beyond the the music, we certainly want to stand out on our own, but it was how we dressed on stage, what our stage performance looked like. We were very intentional about what our image was going to be per album and per tour And what that live show was going to feel like. We didn't just show up and say, hey, bro, like, have a good time rocking out. No, we were very, we knew what we wanted that crowd experience to be every time we hit the stage. We knew what we wanted those press photos to look like. We knew all of that stuff. And that was huge for Three Pill Morning. That was a game changer, um, especially like Black Tie Love Affair. You know, we all wore suits and people were like, who the hell are these clowns? You know, showing up all dressed up like that. And then when we threw down, it was over, man. Like that's that's when we hooked everybody. And of course, you know, write good songs and things like that, but that was what made us unique. Same thing with your business. If you're just going to say, you know, if you're if you're trying to be a copycat business and do something that's already been done, then you sure as hell better figure out what you're going to do better than the competition right now. What's going to make for a better experience or, you know, if if it's a price point thing or whatever, figure out what's going to make you unique. Hey, Jimmy John's. There's been a million sub places. Subway on the market. All of a sudden, they're freaky fast, right? They're just faster than everybody else. Amazon. They're just faster than everybody else at getting goods to you. So they win. Take the same kind of mentality. You're no different than a Jimmy John's or a an Amazon or anything like that. And looking at what's going to make you differentiated from anyone else that you see doing something similar. So think about what makes you unique. That really is your value driver. I mean, value being the the thing that makes people feel like they're getting something for their time or their money. Drive that value. What makes you unique? The next one is then, who are those customers? All right, I've got, man, I've got these products I'm going to sell. We're really good at this. We're better than anyone else at this. This is what makes us unique. Now, who are our customers? Who are we targeting? Hey, I've got this lawnmower business. I'm going to focus on apartment complexes and I'm gonna be the best apartment lawn mowing company in town. And here's what's gonna be different. We do, you know, take the grass and we do this. Oh, and here's our differentiator. Everything goes to a compost and we are growing new trees for Tweety Birds. Amazing. You know, it's got everything. You know, we're all happy now. These guys mow our lawns and there's never been more Tweety birds than um, than we have out here. So you know, those are the things. Like, who are our clients? You need to know your client. KYC. Know your client. Know your customer. Know who they are. Know if where you're looking to execute this. Ooh, the the L, the location piece of volume. Know where they're at and how you're going to support them. What are they? What do they do? Like, what what? Who are you targeting? What's their their main objective? How are you going to get that client? The next one then is, you know, once you know that client it is how you're going to get that client. So then that's the sales and marketing. Hey, this is an online business. We're going to use, uh, you know, TikTok marketing and we're going to we're going to focus on all of the emerging socials or we're going deep on Facebook or we're going door to door. We got knives. You want to buy some knives? You want to buy a vacuum? That's our business. This is how we're doing it. We're going door to door. Uh, just like the old days. So, you know, know how you're going to get in front of customers. Hey, we're going to do these kind of events every year, or we do farmer's markets every Saturday and Sunday. And that's how we're going to scale this cool new goat cheese recipe I have. It doesn't matter. All these things are the same. I've rattled off like 10 different types of businesses. Know how you're going to sales and market it. And there's no one right answer, but key in on the things that you think will have the highest amount of return. If you don't know anything about online marketing, I think it'd be pretty stupid to just dump a bunch of money into it, not knowing how you're going to get a return on that. When you know your customers go to the, um, you know, the farmer's market every day, why would you spend anything there until you're actually generating some revenue that you could invest back into a new sales and marketing funnel? Think about that stuff. Know what you do. Know what you do best and then focus on that. Finally, then, uh, like I mentioned before is, or not finally, but the next piece then is location. Like I talked about, are you a, you know, is this something you can run out of your garage? Is this something where you're going to need office space? You're going to have clients coming into it. Is this something where you're going to a client site or location? Um, you know, all these things factor into, uh, things like leases, things like other overhead that you need for office space or, or other capabilities, Pay attention to that stuff. I would say start with what makes sense to begin with. You know, if you can bootstrap this out of your apartment while you're still figuring out what this looks like, don't go get a $2,000 a month office just because it looks cool. You know, Again, unless there's a real reason and that's how you're going to meet your clientele and there's a certain perception and a certain experience that you're looking for them to have. So really assess those things. Spend that money in the right way and hone in on where that location needs to start That may change over time, like anything, but, you know, plan that location, make sure it's optimized for the business that you're running. Um, Again, you know, you wouldn't want to have a shoe store that you're going to open up 10 miles out of town that is by a farm or something like that. That wouldn't make any sense, but I've seen some random locations for random stuff and people can't figure out why they aren't getting the, uh, the customers to come by the way they thought they would. Well, location. Location has a lot to do with it. Another one that gets people is licensing and hours of operation. You know, I'd say hours of operation, that's fine. You know, put some definition to that if you're going to have an office or whatever. That one's not as important, but the licensing, what is required for your business to exist in that city? You know, is there sales tax requirements there? Are there uh, business licenses that you need to have? What is required for you to open the door legally so that you don't have a bunch of problems down the road um and again you can there's a lot of different resources that are out there but search that stuff out figure out what you need to open to make sure that somebody can't just shut you down and keep you from generating that initial revenue make sure you know what you need to get open so what what licensing is required and then finally uh this is the i guess the the key is your revenue plan if you're starting a side hustle maybe you don't care that much about it. But if you're going to jump in both feet, um, you know, or if you are starting a side hustle and you're looking to generate another thousand bucks a month or a couple grand a month or whatever that looks like, well, let's put a revenue plan together. Let's understand what that revenue forecast is going to be. Let's understand how we're going to get there and start to break that down. And then let's start looking at that three-year, that five-year kind of plan where you start to look at, slight changes in the business or where your growth opportunities are so that you can have some targets that you're really trying to achieve. I would say set realistic goals, but certainly set stretch goals for this stuff. You know, what What do you think you can get to that starts to put together a forecast that you can start to back plan how you're going to achieve that number and then break it down. Hey, if I'm going to make $1,000 a month, my thing costs $100, I know I need to sell 10 a month. If I'm going to sell 10, 10 a month Right now, I need to go to at least three um, farmer's markets a week. So you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do to achieve that. Now, if I want to get more than that, then I probably got to go to five farmer's markets. Well, I can't go to all those. So I'm going to need to hire a college kid and pay them with beer. Maybe you can do that. Maybe that's how you scale to begin with. I don't know. But those are the things you need to figure out to hit that forecast, to hit that number that you're trying to achieve year over year. Again, these things are all subject to change. They're all subject to iteration. But by putting this on a piece of paper, you're starting to hold yourself accountable for this plan. And the beauty of it is it actually starts to, you start to feel something. You start to feel like, oh man, I can see this. Like this makes sense. When you just have ideas and you're just throwing them around or talking about how great it would be to start this business or that business or have this idea or that idea, until you get to the one page business plan, you're so far from it, but once you finally take the time, and it might only take you, you know, four or five hours to put this thing together with some research and 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 pulling some, you know, some ideas and really thinking through some of this stuff, you're gonna go, okay, this is real, or you're gonna say, oh, I, yeah, that's gonna be hard to to make any money with because uh, my my uh, example earlier, nobody needs rotary phone repair anymore. So that's going to require a ton of sales and marketing to find potential customers um, that may need that service. So get it into that one page plan, optimize, get that, get it right, get it right, get it tight. And then once you get that in place, then we can get to the next phase of business planning. Turn it up in your life, turn it up in business, have a great week. If you like the Turn It Up podcast, follow me on Instagram at Jeff Stebbins One and DM me for any coaching or collaboration. Thank you.